Hello and welcome to the Nintendo Nostalgia Podcast. My name's Chris Warren and I am really excited to be your host today. Also joining me for this episode, we have my good friends and co-hosts, Ryan Black and Joshua Taylor. Ryan, how are you doing today? Great, man. Great, glad to hear it. And Josh, what about you? Not too shabby. Cool, very good. Um, so without wasting any more time, why don't we jump into what we are Radical Rexing about. All right, so uh, Ryan, why don't you lead us into uh, what you've been excited about lately? Yeah, uh, I'm excited to get back into gaming a little bit. I was um, really, really busy and not really doing a lot of gaming other than Duel Links, so it was nice to be able to pick up my Switch and finally play. I had just kind of a block. like I just couldn't play my Switch. Everything I tried to boot up, I just like back out of it and open something else up and then get distracted, and, and just I wasn't getting anywhere. And I'm finally starting to to break that, break away from that. And uh, I've been uh, I fired up a couple of games in that process of going through the roulette. And so, I actually started Mario 3D World um, and played like a few levels. And then I hopped out of that and I played a couple other games. I think I started uh, uh, Steam World Quest and played just a little bit of that. And nice. then I hopped out of that and did some of my World Ends with You daily stuff. Um, and then, you know, I just, I, nothing's really like super clicking for me until um, I listened to Nintendo Dads yesterday. And, um, you know, they highly recommend a game called Stick Fight, uh, the game. And it's only like seven fifty eight 8 bucks. It's like, okay, I'll pick it up because it came highly recommended for like multiplayer fun. And I'm like, I really need a good multiplayer game that I can just really suck, get sucked into. And, uh, and I was really pleasantly surprised. Um, it's one of those games that, yes, you definitely get st- sucked into it. You've got a 30-second match, um, and then it just immediately sets you up for the next match. And uh, you are stick figures a la, like, old, you know, stick figure memes where they're, like, fighting each other and stuff like that. You actually get to be that stick figure, and there's guns that drop into the in the arena. You can grab the guns and shoot each other, and just kind of, a, like, 30 in 30 seconds, all this stuff can happen. You have this snake launcher and the snakes will try to eat you. Um, there's like spikes and stuff you have to avoid. There's like lasers. Uh, there's like this boss mode where one of the characters becomes like super powered, like a phoenix, and has different like modes that they'll cycle through. And you're trying to take them down with the, the big health bar and like just the most random stuff. And it just you never know what you're gonna get thrown into. Um, and it's got multiplayer online and local. Um, and it's just it's quite a blast for something so simple it's it's got a lot of charm and replayability yeah i can't put it down (laughs) cool that's always fun to find something new and weird to discover and and actually connect with you know um um yeah i'll have to look into that i do trust your judgment because you you have recommended some great games in the past and uh i actually um i pre-ordered chris tales yeah we talked about that the other day so i'm really excited about that and i definitely heard that from you yeah oh yeah so hopefully it holds up i did some pre-orders too i forgot about that i did skyward sword uh chris tales and then um i picked up two pokemon snaps uh, I think the only thing I have to get now is Neo World Ends With You and Tony Hawk's Pro Skater that I know that's coming uh-huh. that I really want to pick yeah. up. Yeah, so. Right, okay. I totally forgot about those. Oh, yeah. yeah. And also, at the end of this week, uh, the World Ends With You animation comes out. And I'll, get to, I'll get to watch that. That'll be pretty cool. What? Already? Yeah, the, the anime, yep. Wow. Oh, that's I believe so it's the ninth. Cool. I want to say it comes out the 8th in Japan, and then it's available everywhere on the 9th, I want to say, for streaming. Oh, that's great. 
Cool. That's a nice little surprise for me. <laughs> uh, question for you, though. Um, what do you think of 3D World? I still... I realized after I played those first few levels that I had played those first few levels before, so I don't know when I would have played that. I don't really have memory of it other than, oh, this feels really familiar. I must have played this. And I, I don't know if I just sat down with everybody and, and that was their game, but I played a little bit of it with them or what. But it was just so familiar. Like, I didn't... I just... I don't know. I kept, like, jumping off of, like, the side of the level a lot and stuff. I felt like I just didn't quite get into the rhythm when I was playing it. And so I, right. I was like, this isn't the time to play right now. I didn't have the focus. So um, I, I definitely am curious to see where things go once I get past the stuff I've already played. And I don't even know where that mark is, honestly. I probably Maybe I just cleared the first world or something. But um, but yeah, it's it's interesting. I'm like being the cat cat Mario. In fact, I don't really want to be anything else, really. <laughs> but uh, it's it's fun. Cool. Yeah, keep me posted on that. It gets very strange <laughs> the more you progress. So I'm curious to see what your thoughts will be as it gets uh, more and more bizarre. Um, cool. Glad to hear that you're doing well and uh, you have some fun new things to play around with. Um, Josh, what about you? Hey, well, um, it's been a little bit of a wild ride lately. Um, I mentioned it some before in March. Um, but long story short, we had two close family members pass away, two of my mom's siblings. Um, so that kind of stunk. But uh Sorry to hear about that. Uh, yeah, I mean it. It is what it is. And personally, I feel like, uh, long story short, I feel like they're in a better place. And it is. It is what it is. But we also, along with that, we also had a Disney trip and all this other stuff. So, long story short, I wasn't playing a whole lot of like new stuff. Just wasn't really into um, sort of my normal flow, so to speak. Uh, but we did jump into. Uh, or I did pick up the new Monster Hunter. Um, I've had it pre-ordered for a little while now. So I went ahead and picked that thing up, and I was actually really happy I did. I've never gotten into that series before. I tried some of three on Wii U, maybe one other one, I can't remember, and it just didn't feel right. It felt like it was lacking some polish, kind of clunky and stuff, uh, complicated stuff I just didn't understand. But this one, it's like I like the demo a lot, and the Direct kind of caught my attention. And I was like, well, what the heck, let's get it. And I'm ashamed to say about how many hours I've put into it since it came out. <laughs> um, whatever day Tell that us. was, a little over, about a week and a half ago. So, yeah, anyhow. Um, yeah, oh, no spoilers? Definitely. Keep your secrets. That yeah. That one's definitely got my attention. Um, I, it doesn't, a lot of times when I get into a new series, I do want to go back and try other ones. I don't think I feel the same way with this from what don't I understand. Right. Yeah. I, that makes sense. So I I think for this I'm I'm gonna be good sticking where I am and just mm -hmm. maybe being more invested into it in the future. <laughs> right. Um but uh but yeah, I, I love it. The the only problem is and it, it has sold well, but I don't feel like I know hardly anybody that owns it, so I haven't got to play online with like anybody. Um, I know. So that Sorry, that breaks my heart. <laughs> it hurts it because like, a, like I want to play with you, but I just I'm not really in a place to play it. But like I would love to play that with you, so I am considering it. Just so you know, well, it it seems like a really like I know part of it is really kind of online focused. Like it really wants you to have um, other players, which I can play with random people, but it's just not quite as fun. I've saved a lot of that for when somebody is available. Um, but other than that, like if you know if you're new to the series, this might be a really great place to jump on. Um, I actually have written an article kind of about that for the Nintendo Village that should be going up soon. So maybe I'll share that out. But awesome. yeah, that's uh, that's the biggest thing. Um, 
was that game, and I also had uh, another one preloaded was uh, Star Wars Republic Commando. That was like an Xbox, <laughs> not an Xbox One game, an original Xbox game <laughs> back in like 2005. And I remember playing it on like my cousin's Xbox and all that and really liking it. So I went ahead and downloaded it again on here. Um, I, I remember even in college, I was reading some of the books kind of like related to it with its same title and it talked about some of the same characters. So I really got into this, you know, what was it, 10 or 15 years ago now. Um, so I was, I was happy to give it another shot. I remember it being a pretty solid little first person shooter story. Um, now, granted, I, I figure some of it probably hasn't aged the best, but might be worth looking into if you're into that sort of stuff. But yeah, that's about it. Cool. That sounds like a good mix of things. Um, with the Star Wars game, I didn't hear of it before. Like, usually I know about other Star Wars games that just are not available to me, like Jedi Fallen Order, and there were a few other ones on Xbox. And I was always jealous of those, but it's just like, all right, whatever. Like, they can have their thing. We have our own on the GameCube, you know? Um, but it's really nice to, you know, be in the future where we have these old ports of games that we just didn't have it didn't get a chance to play and um, right. I'm going to have to look into this one because I think that limited run games is going to make a physical copy of that one pretty shortly. Ooh. So um, yeah, I'd love to jump on that. It's just, it's fun to play like not just star Wars games, but games from that era. I just like how they feel mostly because of nostalgia. I'm just so used to how most games play it's something about like muscle memory and, you know, I'm just very fond of that type of play style. But um, yeah, it would be really great to play like um, a new quote unquote Star Wars game from an era that I just didn't get a chance to take part of. So um, yeah, I have my um, I have my eyes out on that one. So I, I hope the reviews are good enough. You know, it doesn't have to be perfect. Just a, a fun, right. silly Star Wars experience. That's all I care about. So yeah, thanks for bringing that up before. Mm -hmm. um, and also glad that you're um, playing Monster Hunter, uh, that you yeah. kind of bit the bullet and jumped on that, you know, that's a, a pretty meaty game. <laughs> and, yeah. um, you know, we've talked about that before. It's, it's, you know, there's a lot of depth and, um, it can be a little intimidating, but I'm really glad that you're enjoying it. I wasn't sure how that would go down, but, um, you know, I watched your stream and it looked pretty cool and, uh, the graphics. Oh my gosh. Amazing. I'm a little surprised myself, but yeah, it's that it, it sinks its teeth into you. Yeah, totally. There's a lot of little part, little aspects to get into. Yeah, I've exactly. Gotta, I've got to shout you out, Josh. Uh, you were mentioned this week on uh, the Nintendo Dads. Um, so they gave you a shout out and said you stream and are part of the podcast. I thought that was pretty cool that you got a shout out there. Uh, yeah, so, that's what I heard. Yeah. I, I apologize if they're listening. I, I have not got to listen to much podcast at all lately with my different schedule. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, hopefully you can do a lot more streams with Monster Hunter and uh, I can jump on and like learn a little bit, kind of dip my toes in the water, so to speak, with Monster Hunter. Because, uh, you know, if we've mentioned it several times. I know there's potential there. Um, it's just like a little intimidating. So um, <laughs> it gets, little, you, it gets little, you there. Yeah, I, I, yeah. yeah, I understand. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I, I think that if if you like it and you can get into it, we have pretty similar tastes. So that makes me feel pretty confident um, about potentially getting it. So we'll see. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Um, as for myself, um, not too much going on. It's just been a really, really, really great few weeks. Um, you know, the weather's been beautiful lately. I've been going outside, like the flowers are blooming and it's just been so comforting in that way. You know, it's such a small, silly, non-gaming thing, but it just really 
makes me feel so much more alive and feel like I I'm getting my life back, you know. Um, so that's like that's just been something that uh, has been keeping me going. Um, gaming wise, though, I've been playing a game that I never thought I'd be playing. Um, and that game is Diablo three. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, it's been a game that I've always heard about and I heard very good things about it, but I just figured, you know, that's not really a game for me. Um, it looks very intense. It looks a little dark. It seems very, you know, statistical, if that's the right word. Um, you know, lots of stats, kind of like Monster Hunter. Um, so there's that factor that always kind of put me off. But I've been playing online with a friend. We both got it at the same time. And it's really, really good. It's just a very, I don't know, fun, relaxing experience. Um, I kind of call it like a, a more gothic Lord of the Rings type game um, has very similar elements to that. I don't really know how to describe Lord of the Rings, but um, <laughs> you know, it's like this medieval fantasy kind of thing, but slightly darker. Uh, nothing too crazy though. Um, Do you have the Switch version? May I ask? Yes. Yep. Yeah, all on Switch. Totally. Okay. I've wanted to play Same. that because uh, Ganondorf. Um, I heard it was like a costume or a character or something in it. But yes. I haven't got Mercy Wings. There. <laughs> oh okay see ryan knows more than i do have you played it uh ryan yeah i own it um i played it on uh mac when it first came out um i didn't get very far in it but in fact i always get past the first like dungeon area beat that that boss there and then i never really picked it up but that's about where i got it when i played with the switch uh switch mm -hmm. version we, we uh we got together it was me jacob tom i don't know if there was another person i don't know if kyle was there or not Oh, yeah. um, but we got together, um, you know, sitting around the same room, at Jacob's house and and uh, played together. But we never had another session after that because COVID hit and we just kind of uh, fell off the okay. bandwagon. So hmm. I didn't know that. OK, um, maybe yep. like all of us can play together. That would be pretty cool if you Definitely. were open to it, at least. Yeah, that would be yeah. great. OK, cool. Except um, for Jacob always sells his games that are multiplayer. So, you know, right. yeah. <laughs> you got to get him to Diablo. Yeah, he sold it. <sighs> All right. Well, gotta get him to quit that. Like Splatoon, Diablo. Like we can't play no. those games with them anymore. Seriously. Oh man. Then he's gonna regret it. Oh well. Uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, he's fired. Yeah, it's like it's really cool to you know try a new game and have it work for me. Um, I'm still you know kind of understanding how it works. Um, you know, it's kind of like with Monster Hunter. Uh, oh, gosh. We we play, like, one dungeon per day, so I think we're, like, three or four dungeons in so far. What um, class are you running? Oh, boy. Uh, I think I'm a wizard-like guy. Okay. <laughs> Keep in mind, I'm not an expert in these terms, you know. I was playing as a uh, monk when I played. I like the monk okay. a lot. I, I throw things out. Okay. okay. I don't hit things Whoosh. with a hammer or sword. That is my scientific way of describing it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's really fun. It's like relaxing, and you just go around and kill stuff and explore areas, and try out new moves. And um, my favorite thing is like when a new enemy appears, and you have to like kind of strategize about like how how to approach, um, how to like conquer them uh, with all the people. Oh, Ryan and, Ryan and Josh is showing their little ditties. Yeah, Amiibo. Oh, yeah, I was going to bring that up. I forgot about that. Um, and actually, there's Amiibo for Diablo, which is actually insane. I have that. <laughs> the, the I have the Luke Goblin. Uh, I want it. 
I'm thinking about <laughs> getting adorable. it. It's actually not oh. that expensive. It's like 20 bucks. I'm like, what? I like how um, it is I, is a part of their cute but deadly series and it's an amiibo. It's like it's a weird like combination of those two lines. So strange, but I love I it. I know I'm interrupting, but I did get my banjo kazooie yeah. amiibos. Yay! Amiibos, by the way. And, and yeah. I pre-ordered Magnamalo from uh, Monster Hunter. That should be showing up uh, tomorrow. Lucky. How did you get it? It showed up for about 30 seconds on GameStop the other day. And I have <laughs> Nintendo deals, I think, for notifications to pop up on yeah. Twitter. And it, it, I grabbed it, added it to my cart, and got out really quickly. And then like when I went back to check it, it was sold out already. Awesome. But, yeah. If you see any like um, tips about getting the Amiibo, I actually am really considering getting it. It just looks so cool. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of funny how it doesn't fit on the Amiibo stand. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of comical. It's like, why don't they make a bigger stand? But then I kind of like that they didn't. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't go the Detective Pikachu route. <laughs> true, true. <Yeah. laughs> oh, God, that would be intimidating. Um, <laughs> but yeah, let's talk about Amiibo. So um, Josh held up uh, his Banjo Amiibo and... I like I posted this in the the Facebook chat. I am so like I treasure that thing more than anything else that I own. <laughs> it is like everything that I wanted it to be and it makes me so happy to look at and it's not like the original um link from the original like we use smash brothers where it has like this weird stand. I hate those stand. stands, like the clear ones that drives me nuts. I can't stand it. That one's yellow. Uh, yeah. Yeah, ah, yeah For some sure. reason. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's the only one. Yep. Um, but yeah, Banjo, it's just like the puzzle piece. Perfect. Thank you. And uh, I also got Terry and Byleth and uh, Ryan was holding a Byleth. Byleth I got because of you, Ryan. So thank you for sending me a video of that. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, hoping that I would hate it, but I loved it. And thanks to you, I just lost 16 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but it looks so good. It looks so, so good. And actually, it reminds me of like Diablo in a way, like that like mildly gothic tone, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I got Terry. And I don't know. He looks pretty cool. He has those like clear stand things on like the side of his ankles. So that is kind of a peeve of mine, but I'll get over it. Um, but it's just, I don't know. It's cool. It's nice to have like a SNK representative, you know. SNK is this... <laughs> very strange company that i didn't know about and the more you learn about them the more you kind of appreciate their history and what they brought to like the video game industry so i think it's pretty you know it's weird but it's pretty cool that they included terry into the smash brothers so i appreciate that um but yeah that is all that i have been radical rexing about why don't we head into our next phase of our episode and uh, we actually have a voicemail from one of our favorite contributors um so why don't we have someone play that for us now What's up, Nas Crew? This is Isaac. Just wanted to give a shout-out to you guys. Keep up the good work. Been enjoying episodes as usual. I just had a couple things wanted to call in. Um, appreciate you guys taking my call, uh, talking about the direct. Um, one thing I wanted to clear up was um, there's a topic about Skyward Sword. Um, I just had mentioned that I didn't get too excited because it was going to be full price. And uh, what was discussed was... That, you know, if, if that's a good price point for you, I think go for it. I just personally, it rubbed me the wrong way. Uh, one of the arguments I heard was, you know, Nintendo is re-releasing games and we're still buying them, such as 3D, uh, Super Mario 3D World. And I admit that I did get Mario 3D World because I missed out on it with the Wii U. But there was more value to that. There was Bowser's Fury, which, in my opinion, could have been another download content 
15, 20 bucks or so. So that to me added value. What rubs me the wrong way about Skyward Sword, you know, with the direct is there was this anticipation with the Zelda anniversary. You know, we got that with Mario 3D All-Stars and it was three games. You know, you can see the value there. It wasn't just one game and charging 60 bucks for it. So that was just the point I wanted to make. You know, I, I feel like with Nintendo, there's just so much potential. There's so much excitement that builds it up for you. Um, I go back to the virtual console on the Wii. I remember how excited I was of, wow, that means it can only get better. And here we are with the Switch, and we don't have a virtual console. We just have, you know, some select games, which is nice that you can play for free. I think that's great, but it's very limited on selection. So it just feels like Nintendo gets this great potential. They get this momentum going, and they almost feel like they're getting lazy. It's like they back off, and they just feel like that's good enough. And as a consumer, one that enjoys Nintendo products, I just, uh, you know, it kind of rubs me the wrong way sometimes. But I'm still a big fan of Nintendo. That's not the, the saying I don't dislike them. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad that I wasn't the only one that was a little frustrated with it at all. Other thing is, I got my Banjo-Kazooie Amiibo, and I think it's it's uh, fantastic. It looks just like uh, Banjo-Kazooie. I thought I'd get your thoughts on the Microsoft copyright on the bottom. That's been kind of trending online, and I did find it interesting. At least it's on the bottom. You know, we don't have this big Microsoft on them. But anyway, just wanted to, again, give you guys some shout-out. You guys take care. Awesome. Um, what most people don't know is underneath that puzzle piece is an Xbox logo. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Don't put that out into the universe. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's pretty cool. I don't know. I, you know, I'm not a huge Microsoft fan. I'm not a big Xbox fan. But what I do appreciate is when there is good competition in the video game industry and for companies to think outside the box and actually use like unity and camaraderie um to you know to kind of better themselves i appreciate that instead of like these like dirty tactics that we've seen in the past um so it's nice to see companies that are completely different collaborate and we never thought we would see once rare got acquired banjo kazooie in super smash brothers it is still to this day one of the most mind-blowing things that i've ever witnessed in my entire life um like when i saw that trailer and every time i see my amiibo i'm just like wait am i hallucinating no that's that is real that is a banjo kazooie amiibo and that means that banjo kazooie is in super smash brothers and i just i still cannot believe it Um, i wish you could have been there when he was announced and we were all there at e3 i know me and jacob were jumping up and down I was like, yeah, it was it was fantastic. It was probably a good thing that I wasn't because I did fall out of my chair and scream and say a lot of things that you guys probably <laughs> <laughs> would not approve of. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm really happy about the amiibo and um, Isaac. I about your point with Skyward Sword. I don't remember what I said if I was even on that episode or you know what I said, um, but. Uh, one thing about Nintendo is that they they really value their games and their properties, and um, they they hold in very high regard the value of each game that they release. Um, as we've seen before, they don't release a game until it is ready. Um, that was something that happens. I don't know, mid GameCube-ish to Wii era. Um, 
Whereas, you know, some games don't hold up uh, when they didn't apply that philosophy. So they think that if a game is a finalized and excellent experience in itself, that that inherently has high value that you can price something at at a, at a high price point and people will pay for it because the value is there. So I don't, it sucks. It really sucks as a consumer to have to pay that price, but it kind of makes sense because if you know your value and know the, the greatness of what you're selling, it kind of makes sense from like a business standpoint, because if we didn't ever have Skyward Sword, we would be really frustrated by it. But people are going to pay $60 for it because they know that there is some value there, that the that the game is, you know, it has a lot of production value and a lot of thought put into it. So, um, you know, it's, it's not great that it's going to be priced that high, but it is great that we have a game that exists that they put a lot of effort into and that we'll be able to re-experience with a somewhat new way. But you make a really good point. Um, just wanted to say you make a great point about 3D World having more value because of Bowser's Fury. I completely agree with you there. Um, but yeah, just wanted to say that. Uh, Ryan and Josh, did you have any other comments about um, his voicemail? Um, I do want to bring up the point that they did do the, you know, the control remapping for the the right stick, which I'm really happy that they did that. Um, that was a little bit of effort they put in it, you know, just making sure things looked better um, on, you know, HDified, I guess. I think this game was a game that they offered on that, uh, there was an HD console they offered in China, um, if I remember right. And I think that was one of the Wii games that they had that they had already done the HD treatment for. Um, so it wasn't like a big change, um, but I'm kind of curious to see if they put anything else in the game, like how they had to modify single tuner to be something else um that was the uh the meverse thing um i wonder if there's anything that they've done with skyward sword that makes it different i'm sure there's some quality of life stuff in there if they made some certain areas more bearable i don't know kudos to them um i think i'm actually more inclined even though i really love link's awakening i'm actually more inclined to spend 60 bucks on skyward sword than i would on link's awakening because skyward sword is such more of a fuller game um, and just uh, the story is so great and the music is so great. Like you're getting a good deal for this. And it definitely, if you haven't played it before, worth every penny, you know? Yeah. You know, I haven't really played it, but from what I understand, what is there is great. It's just that there's these little things that kind of get in the way of your enjoyment. Like um, from what I understand, the motion controls got kind of annoying. And uh, Fi or Fee, whatever her name is, mm -hmm. she got Total really problem. in the way. What was that? Nothing. Um. <laughs> yeah, I just hear that she got really annoying. So um, hopefully they are aware of these things and they make it the full experience that they intended it uh, for it to be. Because it seems like the whole meat and potatoes of the game is there and is great. It's just, you know, getting to enjoy it um, without these little hiccups. Um, yeah. It was before and hopefully it won't be now. To completely unravel what I just said, though, not, you know, and kind of argue... Isaac's point here. Um, if you look at what actually Skyward Sword came with originally, um, with the soundtrack and the the golden Wiimote, like looking at that and then comparing what we're getting now for sixty bucks, and we had to pay extra for the Joy Cons that are you know themed for that, like it's it's definitely like a very very different beast here, um, yep. and it's also a port, so that's another strike because you know 
everything that Nintendo does right now is ports or, well, most of their things. And I'm really thankful for that. Don't even take me as me being like ungrateful for that. Um, It's just like, hey, you didn't do something as great as you did in this other anniversary. Um, So like maybe they aren't going for the big Zelda anniversary this time. Um, Fingers crossed for Metroid, but not likely. Yeah. Yeah. I I felt like with Skyward Sword, I love Skyward Sword. I put a ton of time into it when it came out. Um, But uh, with with Wind Waker and Twilight Princess, uh, when they made the HD versions of them, I feel like they both look noticeably different and they both had some some decent changes in them. And I thought they were worth it. With this, it feels like it doesn't really look all that different. It, they just, you know, put it in HD. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't really improve all that much, at least from, like, the one preview we've seen. So maybe maybe I'm saying too much too soon. But it just kind of looks like the Wii game, like, when I've, when I've seen some clips of it, just, just slightly better. Like, it, it's not as big right. of a jump, so that's a little bit disappointing. And, mm-hmm. again, so far, I don't really see anything extra, like, you know, any new dungeon or or something there's just it's just kind of it <laughs> um yeah i'm not gonna lie i'll probably still get it I'll, I'll love that game but uh yeah i definitely feel like that could be handled maybe a little bit better obviously yeah. the virtual console or the lack thereof could be better <laughs> right um i mean we we are a few months away from it being released so um Keep in mind, because I didn't know this until somewhat recently, with Wind Waker, apparently it only took them three months for them to get it from the beginning stages to the end stages. They just mm-hmm. made, you know, they just like added bloom lighting and all that other stuff. So who knows what they can do um, in this time period while they're still making it. So I hope that they, you know, really put a lot more effort into it. But um, I am kind of disturbed about the... Um, the state of like the virtual console and ports and stuff like that. Uh, you know, what they had going with the Wii and the Wii U is pretty great. And now it just seems like they don't know what they're doing. Some things are on Nintendo Switch Online. Some things are uh, HD ports and remasters. Some things are just straight up ports on like the eShop. So, you know, it, apparently all the companies aren't, bite, aren't biting for virtual console. They don't want to get involved with the Nintendo Switch Online kind of catalog. So they're just doing their own thing. And Nintendo's like, you know what, we can do our own thing too sometimes. So I don't know. I hope things get consolidated and make a little bit more sense. But mm-hmm. anyway, um, Isaac, thank you very much for calling. We love when you call in. And I believe we have one more voicemail. Ah, oh, it's going to be so good to hear his voice again. It's been too long, guys. That's right. Your Tom Quills. Hey, everybody. It's your favorite missing part-time, part-time co-host, Tom Qualls here, uh, live in the Driving in My Car studio in sunny Indianapolis, Indiana, uh, here to talk about some games that I like that uh, people like to hate on. Um, so let's get right into it, because I know this voicemail isn't very long, so i got to hurry up. First of all, Zelda 2 on the Nintendo Entertainment System. Listen, that game's amazing. Y'all need to quit hating on Zelda 2. I get it. It goes 2D every once in a while. That's fine. But you know what? It's fun. It's got some RPG elements. It's a ton of fun. It's different from all the other Zeldas, so it has that distinction uh, similar to Mario 2. I love it. Good stuff. Uh, second game y'all need to take it easy on is Resident Evil Umbrella Chronicles for the Wii. Uh, generally, I just don't like the Wii, but uh, for nostalgia purposes, I love this game. Uh, I had two Wii Zapper uh, adapters there that me and my brother co-ops the heck out of that game. A uh, ton of fun. Uh, blew through it like a, 
gave me uh, it gave me a House of the Dead vibes. You guys ever go to a roller skating rink and play a ton of uh, House of the Dead? That's what it gave me those kind of vibes. I had a ton of fun with my brother, so I love that game. Quit hating on it. Number three, number three, Castlevania sixty four. Yeah, that's right. The Castlevania game, not Legacy of the Moon, not the werewolf one, okay? I'm talking about the first one, and it's bad, and it's not great, okay? It uh, played through it, had some other parts there that I understand is super buggy, but I had a lot of fun with that one. I, I really liked Castlevania growing up, and I was excited to see it in a 3D space. Um, it, that one's kind of a guilty pleasure on my list. The other ones I think I can make really good cases for. Uh, this one, I just feel like, I don't know, man, I like Castlevania, and I don't like whipping things in 3D. That sounds odd. I think that's enough for me. Okay, anyway, bye, guys. We'll talk to you later. Thank you very much, Tom, for calling. It's always great to hear from you. Um, I actually don't have too much to say about Zelda 2, but what I can say is that we do have a recent episode talking about it, and I think you guys did a phenomenal job, so I really encourage everyone to go back and listen to the Zelda 2 episode. Uh, Resident Evil Umbrella Chronicles is incredible. Uh, there actually is a sequel that not too many people know about. I believe it's called Dark Side Chronicles, which yeah. is equally quite good. Um, I think it just covers like other games from uh you know different uh iterations um but yeah i actually played it with a friend who's not familiar with games at all but she loved it and it's actually not an easy game it's a little difficult but she loved it um so yeah i definitely um can get behind tom with resident evil umbrella umbrella chronicles um and castlevania 64 so i thought that this that Castlevania 64 was like, you know, not the best. And then wasn't Legacy of Darkness like a correction of that? Like it was kind of like a, mm, I don't know, a better version of Castlevania 64. That's what I've gathered from like YouTube videos, but I could be wrong about that. But um, I do understand the appeal of like Castlevania and playing something in 3D on, on the N64. But um, yeah, do you guys know the answer to that? I've never actually played... Oh, I haven't played Castlevania 64 or um, uh, what was the other one? Resident Evil Umbrella Chronicles. I haven't played that one either. Um, so I, I can't say I know a whole lot about those two. I guess um, while I'm at it, though, Zelda 2, <laughs> it is the only home console Zelda I have not beat. And I've tried to go back to it time and time again. And I just like, yeah, I'm not feeling it. <laughs> or I'll get to a certain point and I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, it's just crazy difficult. And the extra life system kind of sucks. So I'm like, oh, I'll cheat, just use your store points. And then I'm like, no, I'm, I still just can't get through it. So maybe one of these days, there's still things I respect about it, um, doing something different. And I kind of like looking at the artwork and all that stuff from then. But I just can't get through it. Maybe one of these days. Ryan, what about you? Um, yeah, uh, I liked all of the picks you had there. Um, I am the least familiar with the Castlevania game. Um I don't even know if it's like supposed to be like a 2.5D, like you know, no, it's fully 3D, or if it's a fully like 3D, like third person or what have you. Um, but uh, you know, it's another one, one of those ones that I just kind of overlooked, just like you know, Mega Man Legends and things like that. Like, I just I never played those 3D space games on 64. 64 is not a great time for like I didn't have a lot of games or have the money to get games at the time. Uh, so even if I had a 64, I didn't have a lot to work with i'd usually play with friends if they had the games and i'd play them but the single player games were kind of right out and mostly multiplayer games i got to play with friends so i missed out on a lot of that stuff in the 64 era um but uh, as far as the resident evil i want to say that i'd played this or at least a demo or something 
Um, I don't know how I would have played it, but maybe I just was really into like the advertisements at the time, and I had the Wii Zapper, and I really thought about picking up this game. But yeah, Umbrella Chronicles was very, very tempting for me to pick up. Um, just I liked the idea of that House of the Dead vibe, um, and I wanted to play a game like that, especially something that gave me a uh, a reason to use the Wii Zapper. Um, but I will get into that a little later in the episode. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> I like a little bit of foreshadowing. Um, great. Well, thank you very much for uh, for calling, Tom. Um, as everyone already knows, uh, Tom brought up those three picks because we asked everyone if they could mention three games that they like that a lot of other people seem to really dislike. And we got a lot of great feedback from you guys. So I just wanted to share a few of the comments that we got in our uh, Facebook group. So Ryan, our longtime contributor, said that seeing how much people disliked Mario Sunshine after its release, I can't understand how they don't like that game. I think using the flood machine to platform was a very innovative feature for Mario. I always enjoy playing Sunshine and soundtrack is absolutely fire. Totally agree. Uh, Donkey Kong 64 is an amazing game that I have so much nostalgia for, and I see that game gets a lot of hate for how much collecting goes on, but it's still a fantastic playthrough regardless. Also agree. as well. Yep. Yep. And uh, I also love Donkey Kong Country 3 and can see how people think it's the worst of the trilogy. However, I would put it above 2 because, to me, Mm -hmm. that soundtrack and gameplay is better. Donkey Kong Country okay. 1 is the GOAT, though. More hot takes for y'all. Um, <laughs> I can't get behind that last part, but sure, I can... Interesting. I'll, I'll okay. take your word. I respect that. Yeah. Any thoughts on what Ryan said, guys? I agree. Uh, Donkey Kong Country is GOAT. <laughs> Wait, the original? <laughs> yeah, over the other two, uh, yeah. No. I um, I agree with... Pretty much everything he said, except the the ranking, of course, of the the three Donkey Kong countries, the three original ones. I, that I'm not very good at doing anyway, because you know two's just kind of the best. I would put two at the highest, but then after yeah. that, honestly, I I'm not sure because I would put one, but then I'm like, is that just like the nostalgia that would being like the first one? Um, I, I don't I, I don't want to get too far into it. This is kind of getting into my topic a little bit, but uh, yeah, yeah. I respect that choice. I'll just, I'll put it that way. Yeah. I mean, t- I haven't played uh, too much of three. Uh, actually, I haven't really played three at all. Um, but I played a, a good amount of two so far. I'm still playing it right now. So, um, But I, I believe that two is uh, a little bit better than one. But in a way, I can kind of see each of them being like good in their own way. You know, liking each uh, for what they are uh, separately is totally fine. Um, I love Mario Sunshine, going back to what he said about mm-hmm. Mario Sunshine. Um, oh, yeah. I love the music. I love the, the graphical style. I know it's not perfect, but I don't care. It's still fun. And I yeah. think that's a really great pick, right? Um, and Donkey Kong 64. Donkey Kong 64 made me a gamer, literally. That is the game that made me a video gamer. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of collecting, but like when you're young, you don't pay attention to that. You just want something to do. You just want something fun to play around with. And the, the music was phenomenal, and the levels were just so grand and massive, especially like when you're a kid uh, coming out of like the 16-bit era and seeing that you can move the camera around in 360 degrees is just mind-blowing. 
Um, so yeah, thank you, Ryan, for uh, for your picks. Uh, we have another Facebook comment from Eric Brankamp, who uh, who's a very frequent contributor, and we love hearing from him. Uh, so Eric says, "I love Paper Mario Sticker Star. I get why it's so disliked. It's not the Thousand Year Door or the original." Um, but I never played those originals, and Sticker Star is a lot of fun for me. Well, I'm glad that it's fun for you. <laughs> what do you guys have to say, to say about here. Eric's comment? What's that? So this is one of my runner-ups for uh, you know unpopular opinions. Uh, I really like Sticker Star as well, um, but asterisk, I got it for five bucks, so um, it it was worth the five bucks that I spent on it. Uh, I absolutely loved it. Um, you know, I was very very conscious of using stickers like even in real life like i won't use stickers if i don't have to um so i was like really really like conservative as best i could and so like i didn't have any issues with like using i think a couple times i wasn't sure what to use in the right place but um so i did get stuck a couple times and i know i did get frustrated when i played the game i'm not going to say that i didn't but i i enjoyed my experience with it for the five bucks that i spent um and i don't know why people give so much hate to it when just because it wasn't, I feel like a lot of it was just because it wasn't the old style, the old stuff that it could have been. Um, and it was definitely a far cry from what I hear Thousand Year Door is. Though I've never played that as well, so maybe that is a factor. I have played the original, um, but maybe that is a, a something that plays in there. And I've always thought, like, maybe because I haven't played Thousand Year Door that maybe I would have hated Sticker Star if I had played it first or not. But I don't know. Well, first of all, I completely agree with you that um, hating on sticker star is a popular opinion um no i'm kidding <laughs> um but uh first of all you need to play the thousand year door that is essential playing um and i will actually it was on something that, that i could play it on that? i would mm -hmm. yeah. do you have a gamecube i have a gamecube have you seen the price in line for that game it's ridiculous okay that's fair, that's fair. <laughs> not accessible One, yeah sticker star is sure, uh, totally i'll just quickly say that's Definitely at the bottom of the list on the Paper Mario games. It's one of the only two yeah. I haven't beat. I haven't beat Color Splash either. And the Color Splash was okay. Um, but it definitely yeah. carried over some of the same issues. Um, it, it was better, though. I, I really like Origami King. As much as I like the old style, the 64 one, and, uh, and uh, Thousand Year Door, I, I did really enjoy my time with Origami King. Yeah. Um... I have Sticker Star. I played a good amount. I think I got into like the fourth world. And like I mentioned to Eric, um, it's it's a really good looking game. The graphics are excellent. Um, and, you know, it plays a lot like a, a Paper Mario game. It's just that, you know, the sticker mechanic is different. But I actually kind of like it. It's different. And it's appropriate for like the paper mechanic. But um, I just found it a little frustrating only because I just don't know what to do at times. And like, I don't want to have to look at a guide. And I feel like I sometimes have to. But um, I'm not going to yuck on your yum, <laughs> Eric. It is, it's it's a pretty good game, like, for what it is, if you can put up with the, the little bits of... Um, Oh, roughness. I'll put it that way uh, with the game. But um, yeah, it's, that's a good pick. I, I really don't want to trash Paper Mario Sticker Star. I think um, <laughs> there's a lot of potential there. Um, so thank you, Eric. And uh, two quick comments. Um, so Matthew says that uh, Castlevania Adventure for the Game Boy, which plods along and has a brutal level three, Super Mario Land for the Game Boy, which seems to feature mini Mario and has some strange gravity when jumping. I treasured both of these as a kid, and I played through Super Mario Land within last year. Um, I could totally see those. I, I don't know too much about Castlevania Adventure for the Game Boy. Um, I'm glad that it exists, and I'll have to look into that. 
Um, Super Mario Land uh, seems like it was like a weird experiment at the time, and they really perfected it as they went along. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, it's, I like that it's weird and that they, you know, tried to bring a Mario experience to a Game Boy. Um, any quick thoughts on either of those guys? I want to say Castlevania Adventure was on the Castlevania collection. I could be wrong on that one. Okay. Um, it's not okay. No, it's not. No, I don't no, know. Maybe I'm thinking of well. There's a Game Boy one on the. You're talking about the Switch collection. Yeah, maybe that was it. I realized there was a Game Boy one or something, but yeah, it could be. Yeah, there's a Game Boy one on there. The Game Boy Advance one, unfortunately, is not. A, I don't oh, unless I'm okay, forgetting so. it being there. I was no, mistaken. Kid, one, Kid Dracula is. That's what I was thinking right. of. Okay, that's yeah. Cool. yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, I don't know. Hopefully that game is good. I'll have to look into it. Um, I don't think it's on the virtual console on the 3DS either, um, which is a shame. But um, Super Mario Land is, and I, I think I have that. So I do want to check it out because um, I've seen some of the art for it and it just looks pretty weird and different and cool. So Very cool. And I wish, I wish they would do weird stuff like that now instead of like that same new Super Mario yep. Brothers style. I, mm-hmm. I personally think 2 is a lot better with the land games. But, yeah. I mean, there's one's pretty cool in its own right like i said the the different stuff is pretty neat it's short but it's still pretty neat you know you gotta respect the time it came from i guess (laughs) exactly yeah if you have the right context in mind i yeah i totally agree um and then our last comment is from toby so toby said i still enjoy yoshi's story i haven't gotten all the endings but i don't mind having a quick game blue yoshi rocks i agree i have that amiibo and i love him um I'm sorry, I have like a blue Yoshi amiibo and I love them. But um, Yoshi's Story, uh, I tried it uh, a couple times. It's not really for me. It's not clicking for me just yet. Um, I'm okay with how it looks. Um, The sound is a little odd, but like it's one of those things like we mentioned before. You have to kind of think about the, the... the the context of the time that it came out you know 3d games were very new and you had this weird n64 controller to play a yoshi game with so they did the best that they could um i'll still keep tinkering around with it but um we'll see i'll the the jury's still out for me at least um what do you guys think about yoshi's story i remember really liking it as a kid myself um me and along with my cousin both used to put a decent amount of time into it i think i even fully completed it at one point um I always thought it was kind of weird where it was like happy-go-lucky and stuff, and then it would get like oddly dark when you'd lose a life. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I do remember going back to it, unfortunately, not too long ago on one of the virtual consoles. And maybe it was just the emulation, but it didn't feel as great as I remember to control. Maybe it's just playing a 2D game with a stick. I, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if it is one that I really die to go back to as much as I thought I would, but... I mean, it's not bad. I, I think a lot of people tend to forget about it and hate on it, but it's—I don't think it's a bad game. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, thank you, everyone, for your great Facebook comments and uh, for the voicemails as well. So, I think now would be a good time for us to share some games that we really enjoy, but sometimes they don't really get the love that we think they deserve. Before we get into that, I just have like a quick little thing I wanted to say. So when we're talking about like hated games that we love, um, 
it's I think it's important to keep in mind that we get introduced to video games through friends and family, and sometimes we get introduced to games that are really good, like Mario Kart or Pokemon or Mario, and sometimes we're introduced to gaming through not-so-good games. I was introduced to video games through, like, Dino Wars and Magi Nation for Game Boy and, like, Power Rangers on Sega Genesis, but... When we start to connect with our hobby of, um, you know, video gaming, we start to kind of branch out and like learn about what a good game is. You know, we're we're trying to look into what our next purchase should be. So we start looking into reviews, and um, we look online in uh, in like forums and like in magazines, and we kind of see what kind of makes a good game what it is. And sometimes a game gets a good review. And sometimes a game gets a bad review. And many times people only get games that have really good reviews. And some of the games that don't get good reviews are still good. And a lot of people tend to forget that. Sometimes a game that gets like a 7 out of 10 is still a good game. Or even a 6 out of 10 or even lower. Um, I think Paper Mario Star got like a 5 out of 10. And that's okay because Eric likes it. And um, Yoshi's Story didn't get the best reviews. And that's okay because some people really enjoy those games. So... You know, something that I'm personally guilty of is just looking at reviews and basing a game's value off of these, like, arbitrary numbers. And that's not really fair to the people who make these games. I think it's important for us to kind of look at a game for for what it is. Like, you know, sometimes it doesn't have to do everything perfect. It doesn't have to belong in a museum or be, like, the top game of the year. It just has to be a fun experience because that's what gaming's all about. So just wanted to share that. And um, so, guys, I'm kind of curious to hear what your picks are. Um, so, Josh, can you tell us what your number three pick is? All right. So when I went at my picks here, I guess, first of all, um, I was kind of going at, a, at an angle of like, what, what's like some really games that are just generally considered bad, you know, um, and and that I still enjoyed regardless. And I kind of did that at first, but they kind of start breaking into this just gets a lot of hate for some reason nowadays. This first one, though, I, I, if I remember right, I think the reviews even were kind of low. But uh, I really loved it, um, especially at the time it came out. I wish I could play it on my Switch or something so I could get another go at it because my GameCube's a little hard to set up right now. But anyhow, my first game is Shadow the Hedgehog for the GameCube. Um, of course, it was also on the Xbox and the PS2. I only played the GameCube version of it. But... Uh, this was back when, and I, I still am a Sonic fan, but this is back when I was like really at like my, <laughs> I guess, peak of that Sonic fandom. That, that sounds really bad if you consider some of the <laughs> the fandom of that. But anyhow, um, yeah, I don't know who all has played it here or not, but it's it's definitely different. It, it's definitely different than the rest of that series um, because with a lot of it, Shadow can pick up weapons like you can pick up guns you can pick up like swords and uh you can also get into some vehicles like tanks and things like that which it it sounds ridiculous because it really is ridiculous once you get into it but it's it's got this really heavy like edge to it like mid 2000s edge i think it came out in 2005 and it it, it shows <laughs> and I, I can't help but still kind of love it and especially again like at the time i was in high school and it just it, it the tone fit <laughs> for what I was wanting at the time. The music in it is, I, I think, actually the music is still mostly pretty good. If you listen to like the main theme of it, um, I think that's worth checking out. Um, but I really had a good time with it. There was like ten different endings. Uh, if you, I think you had to get them all to get the last like true ending. Um, 
but like all of them ended a different way. You could choose on every stage. Maybe there was a couple where like once you got to a certain path, you were kind of one of them wouldn't work. But anyhow, every stage you could pick like to do the hero mission, the neutral mission or the dark mission. And you could even switch like partway through the level like, hey, if you're going to be good, kill all these aliens. Uh, if you're going to be bad, take out all the gun soldiers. If you're going to be neutral, just grab the goal and get out of here. And so it just depended on what you did, you would go on to a different level and the story would change and then you'd continue down this path a different way. So I thought that was really cool. And I actually went through and got like all the different combinations of ways to go through and all of this and got the endings and all of that. I, I really loved it. And I didn't really get what everybody's hate was towards it. <laughs> I haven't granted. I haven't really got to go back and play it in a while. The controls maybe were a little wonky, so to speak, but I still really enjoyed it. I wish they could have done maybe a little bit more with this and sort of updated it, maybe have brought it back in some sort of way, um, even with all the ridiculousness behind it. It, it was a little jarring uh, on, on one more note with it um, to hear in a Sonic game, um, like any sort of curse words. I won't say it on here, but I'll just say um, I feel like a child saying it this way, but I will say the D word was said many times. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's surprising <laughs> yeah it's not like there's not like the really heavy stuff in there but there is stuff like that in that game and it was really jarring especially at the time to hear that but uh, other than that I, I thought it was a really good time cool and do do yeah, check remember... out some of the soundtrack <laughs> uh we'll see <laughs> no but i i remember when that came out i was just like oh okay i guess he can do that and, you know, I, the more I learned about it, I'm like, oh, he, they gave him a gun. Okay. And I'm like, why don't you just give him a cigarette, too? <laughs> like, what is this? Um, but, you know, I, you I'm not going to lie. Sh <laughs> Shadow is like a very cool looking character. There's no denying that. There's just like something about him. And um, it's just, I imagine it's one of those things where it's just like, a Sega game where we know it's not perfect, but there's just something about it. That's just fun. You know, like Sonic heroes. I love Sonic heroes, but it's not the, the best game, but I love it. Um, so I imagine it's kind of like that. And uh, yeah, that's a good pick. Cool. Josh, um, any thoughts on shadow of the hedgehog, Ryan? Um, I have a hat. I have a shadow of the hedgehog hat. Oh no. Um, <laughs> he does. I used to, I remember seeing that in a magazine back in the day too, by the way. And I like really wanted it. And I can't remember what you had to do to get it, but I never did get a hold of that thing. I was disappointed. I, someone just <laughs> randomly gave it to me at GameStop, I think. I don't even know. Um, but oh. I, I, it's currently misplaced. I need to figure out where it went. Um, but I really love that hat. I used to wear it all the time, like all the time. And like 90 degree weather, I would wear it. Um, so yeah, it's probably thoroughly worn out by now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, I haven't played the game though, not not a single second of it. Um, though I thought it was cool um, when I heard the negative reviews about him having a gun, how ridiculous it was. I kind of turned me off to it, and I never gave it another chance. You know, as much as I loved Sonic Adventure Two Battle, like I never went back and tried the Shadow the Hedgehog thing. Yeah. Also, my friend John Hester really loved that game, and usually at that point we were not doing so great in our friendship. And so, like, if he loved something, then it was right out for me. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> well, I mean, like I'm fine with a game like being edgy, but it's if it's edgy just for like the sake of it, it just 
you, you can kind of tell that it's a little forced, kind of like Prince of Persia, Warrior Within. Like before, they had like this magical, whimsical tone, and then all of a sudden, he's just into like heavy metal. Just like, whoa, where did this come from? <laughs> um, but hey, at least the game yielded a pretty nice hat. So that's mm-hmm. cool. something. Saying something. <laughs> but um, yeah, I actually, I'm, I'm curious about that. I, I want to check that out. Um, so Ryan, why don't you tell us about your number three pick? So as far as any Nintendo fan is concerned, Sonic, any Sonic game is the worst game ever uh, compared to Mario and uh, Nintendo in general. So, uh, you know, that the old console rivalry. Um, so I brought a Sonic game as well um, that not a lot of people have played. Um, the concept is completely like opposite of what you would think for a Sonic game. So this isn't a Sonic game about speed. Um, this is a Sonic game about strategy. My strategy, I mean, turn-based RPG. Um, so this game is called uh, Sonic Chronicles Dark Brotherhood. Um, and it is a a straight-up, like, they threw Sonic and Co. into a, a DS RPG game. Um, your overworld, like, travel was Sonic-like. Um, you run around, you run through loops, collect coins, or collect rings, my bad. And uh, you, uh, you, you know, but then like you get into these enemies fights and you go into turn based and uh, they each had their own special abilities and things that they could do, um, you know, Amy with the hammer and, and Sonic with his different speed moves and stuff like that. But it wasn't a very fast game. Um, but what really draws you into the game was the fact that the story was really, really deep, like really deep. And you learned a lot about the echidnas and the, the, the different tribes, uh, the Nocturne tribe. Um, and then the the Knuckles tribe. Is that what they're called, Knuckles tribe? I just want to say they were like straight up Knuckles, or what were the names? In, in that, I feel like they brought up some lore that isn't really like, doesn't connect to the other one. So I'm not really sure on that one. It might be like the okay. Knuckles tribe in that one or something. So yeah, there was there's two different like Echidna tribes. And I'm like, I love Knuckles so much. And so like when they had this oh, yeah. new like Nocturne character or this new like armored Echidna, it was so cool looking. Um, and I always wanted to know what they look like underneath the armor. And, and uh, th- the story was really well written, though the game was, again, slow paced because it was an RPG. And, and that was completely against what Sonic fans are used to. Um, but I, I absolutely enjoyed it. And there was some difficulty spikes in there that were pretty frustrating, I will say. Um, but overall, I just really enjoyed that experience. Um, I, I was really surprised by that. Um, and I was, I'm really into RPGs anyway, so I was willing to give it a try and I was not disappointed. Um, it definitely had that, that gripping storyline. Um, yeah, I, for the record, Ryan completely changed his order (laughs) when we were talking about, uh, this game, but, um, I, I think it's a really fun an interesting game that exists in like Nintendo history. Like who would have thought that there would be a Sonic RPG. And I believe it's made by Bioware who is absolutely you know, yep, Bioware. Yeah. That was their first insane. RPG. Yeah. It's or at least on the handheld. Wow. wow. Unreal. Um, yeah, yeah. Who would go on to make, Oh gosh, mass effect and, uh, some other things, but, um, <laughs> crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm glad that exists. It was a very cool concept and I'm glad that they put like a lot of thought into it. Um, I personally haven't played it, so I, that's all I really have to say about it. Josh, any thoughts? Yeah. I mean, being a, being a Sonic fan again, especially around that time period, I definitely played it. Um, I wasn't, I'm really hit and miss with RPGs. 
Um, and I don't feel like that one grabbed me real well, but I mean, I really, I pushed through a good bit of it, like just mostly because it was Sonic. I remember like trying to make a good team out of, I think you don't get Knuckles until later in that game. I'm trying to remember some of the story. Knuckles is usually my favorite character, so I don't think I really had him, but I remember having like Sonic and I wanted Big the Cat on my team because you get him early (laughs) on just, just because, um, and kind of having some fun with that. But other than that, like, I, I feel like it just pace of it was a little weird um and i just i couldn't get into it from what i remember i don't know if i just got distracted or what it was but uh and it's one of those that's hard to go back to i think i tried a few years ago and it just didn't feel quite right i I appreciate the attempt and the go at a story like that um i would like to see it done again maybe in a, a better way but uh yeah i mean i i can understand that pick yeah, I remember the graphics looking pretty cool. Like it had a cool art style. Um, so, uh, yeah, cool pick, Ryan. Um, so my third pick is uh, a game that I just never hear anyone talk about. Um, I don't hear anyone say anything good about it. I don't really hear anyone say anything bad about it. Just nobody talks about it. Period. And I just don't get it. So my pick, my number three pick, is Donkey Kong King of Swing for Game Boy Advance. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a game that is a platformer, but you only use the L and R button to control your character and um, and the A button for like this invincibility, like temporary invincibility thing that you have. So you don't use the D-pad at all to control Donkey Kong, which is really interesting to me. And a lot of the levels were vertical. So instead of you moving like from left to right, like a typical Donkey Kong Country game, you go from bottom to top which I think is fascinating. And you kind of like navigate through these levels using these like bubble platforms that like move around. So it's interesting because it's kind of like a puzzle game. Um, And it has like puzzle elements um, incorporated into this very strange platformer, but it's really satisfying once you get the hang of it. Like you might be, you know, intimidated by the fact that you only use the L and R button, but it, it feels natural because you're kind of like swinging from left to right. And once you get a hang of it, it's like, it feels, it feels natural. And, um, you know, and then you just like jump either by like timing it by like letting go of the button or like you, um, press both buttons at the same time. If you're grabbing two different like ball things and you like launch yourself up, it's really satisfying and interesting. Um, the reason why it's hated is because, God forbid, there's a platformer that tries something completely different and new. People were just like, what is this? This isn't a Donkey Kong Country game. It's like, yeah, that's the point. They're trying something new and different because platformers are starting to get a little bit stale. So there's like this new mechanic. And, you know, some people were just not very um, welcoming to that. And I just think that's such a shame. Um, I was also looking at some of the reviews and some people thought, oh, the, the graphics are so cartoony. Like, yeah, this is a Donkey Kong game. Donkey Kong games are for kids. And also, this is on the Game Boy Advance. It's like, what are you expecting? Like, realistic graphics? So um, I thought the graphics were phenomenal. um, And they they fit the portable system perfectly. Um, Another reason why I tated, and this is something that I think is going to be a recurring thing for me, um, or even for all of our picks, I think that portable games tend to get more hate than home console games because people think that, like, a home console console experience is like a more superior thing but i think portable games have uh, a lot to offer in their own right um but yeah i just i love donkey kong king of swing it's a game that makes me so happy i still play to split play it to this day um i think the 
controls and the gameplay are just so innovative. Um, the levels, there's so much variety in the levels. They're so creative. They're innovative. Um, they do lots of fun things with the type of platforms in the game. Um, the bosses are amazing. There's just, like this boss where you have to like run away from it. And it uses like all these weird technical things to give this illusion that you're running away from this massive ice boss. Um, and it's just it's just a really happy game. It looks great. It sounds great. The music's incredible. And um, it's just like a really great hidden gem for, for the Game Boy Advance that I just never hear anyone talk about. So I highly recommend Donkey Kong King of Swing. And there is a sequel for the DS, which is um, slightly even better, actually. So that's Donkey Kong Jungle Climber. So that is my pick. Um, have you guys ever played of or heard of uh, King of Swing? Uh, I was going to say... Um... Yeah, I've, I've got to play them both. Um, I was a little bit later on them, despite being a Donkey Kong fan, but this was kind of in that time period where, like, Rare was gone, unfortunately. And I don't think Nintendo really knew what to do with Donkey Kong. They kept trying all kinds of different things. And to me, I felt like this was one of the, the best things they did with that franchise, so to speak. Um, the, the concept of it was cool. You know, he's in the jungle, he's Donkey Kong climbing, and all that makes sense. And I, I think it was a good time. Um to me, it kind of feels like, uh, kind of. I don't know how to say this without making it sound bad. I was gonna say it, it. It feels a little more like a game that should be maybe twenty bucks instead of like a forty buck one. You know, um, right? Like but, at the time, yeah. Yeah, if that makes sense. But other than that, I I still think it was was well done. Um, I think this about the same with the DS one. Um, I I really like the concept of it. I, I would like to another little thing i'd kind of like to see return maybe it's like a little e-shop exclusive game or something right um because the concept is really fun it's again it's kind of one of those where like i wouldn't want to play like a 50 hour version of it so to speak i think it would get a little tiring but yeah, yeah i think it i think it fits the platform it's on really well yeah it's it's short and sweet they it doesn't really like overstate its welcome which is something yeah. i obviously really like about it I, Brian, uh, what about you I never played it. I was very turned off by the art style and also just I was kind of tired of them trying to do different things with Donkey Kong. Uh, There's a few that that came out around this time. You know, I, I always thought of like the minis games and like they were just doing some really weird things with Donkey Kong. And I, I, I after, you know, Jungle Beat, I kind of fell off that whole like thing, <laughs> the Donkey Kong like train um i'm surprised jacob hasn't played this one either um because it does have k rule in it um albeit more like dr robotnik than anything looking at one of the right. big, like vehicles he's in but um right. you know in the art style was very like it, it very like on the cover at least very like bubble faced and they all looked really really goofy to me and, and it does look more kid friendly um but like like kindergarten level like kid show and not necessarily like like you know nine you know seven to nine year old like shows that they would people would enjoy and stuff like that and it's just i don't know it rubbed me the wrong way but uh you know saying that it was like a platformer um i get at first i just wrote it off as like just a mini game um almost like a mini game where it was like clue clue land where you kind of like reach your hand out and grab the peg and swing like that's kind of the idea that i had but then whenever i watched gameplay of it it was like really really slow it looks kind of slow to me. Um, so I just, I don't know, it just didn't quite grab me. Um, and a bunch of things, just, I wrote it off pretty quickly um, when I saw that. 
I respect your opinion, but I <laughs> highly encourage everyone to but try out it. King of Swing. Is it available anywhere else? It, I believe it is on the Wii U Virtual Console um, it is, for like six or so bucks. Yeah, so I, that's a good way of getting it, I think. And it might even be better in a way because you could use the L and R buttons on whatever control you, you want. You can use the gamepad, which has decent L and R buttons, and also the Pro Controller has good ones too. So, um, yeah. But yeah, that is my pick. And um, Josh, what is your number three pick? Oh, I'm sorry, your number two pick. All right, so my second pick here is one that I feel like gets gets hated on a good bit. Um, I, I feel like I hear more bad about it than I do good, honestly, and it, I kind of get it. I kind of don't, but it is Star Fox Zero for the Wii U. wanted to go with one that's not too, too old on this one. Um, so, uh, you know, I've, I've been a Star Fox fan since, since the uh, N64 game. I still think that one's kind of the best. I, I feel like they really got that, uh, just the flow of how I kind of feel like a Star Fox game works the best with that, like different, uh, different paths, different, couple different endings. Not, I guess it's basically the same thing, but uh, just you know, high score focused and things like that, without getting too complicated. Um, and you know, something you can sit down and play through in an hour or two. So I, I really like that concept for it. And Star Fox Zero sort of brought that back. Um, I, I guess one thing with Star Fox Zero, I was sort of okay with them starting over again with the story, um, even though it's like the third time. Uh, but it did get a little tiring, I guess, with this one, just because by the time you get to like the end, it's sort of, there's like a spot where it sort of like sets out this big reveal, so to speak. And it just, it happens every time. And there's like talking where you're just kind of floating there, hearing that same part every time you go through. <laughs> so that gets a little annoying. But uh, as for the rest of it, though, I, I feel like the, the whole idea with the game pad and the motion and all that, I, I thought it controlled really well. Um, and I thought it was a good time. I like the different ships. I like the walker that they brought in from Star Fox 2. I thought that controlled really well and, and added some cool different aspects to it. Um, what is it? The, the gyrocopter or whatever it is. Um, yeah. I might be getting the name mixed up with the DuckTales uh, vehicle. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> I hope that um, you are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that thing, I thought that was really cool and a different nice change of pace. Um, that was, again, one I kind of understand if people didn't love it because it was slower. And um, if you did if you did kind of take that path, that level kind of one, the one level it's on gets kind of boring after a while. But other than that, I still don't think it was that bad. I didn't think it hurt the game that much overall. Um, I really like that one. Like I said, I, I like how they brought back the sort of the format from even like the Super Nintendo, the, the original Super Nintendo game and the 64 one where you can just sort of play it multiple times through, take different paths, you know, see how things end up. You might end up on the same planet a couple times, but then you end up finding some shortcut or something you didn't destroy that leads to a different stage. So I, I really I had a good time with it and got into it a good bit. And the co-op was kind of neat on it where one person could aim with the game pad and the other one could fly with the uh, pro controller. Tried that out. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't, I don't really get the hate behind that one personally. Yeah, I actually like Star Fox Zero. Um, and also, let's keep in mind, it came with another game. It came with Star Fox Guard, which I think is a, is a really good game in its own right. Um, yeah, Star Fox Zero, like you said, this is going to be the re third retelling of this story that we heard yeah. many times already. Um, so yeah, it did get a little tiring. I was a little annoyed when I heard that, but... Um, 
I really I think the the one thing I appreciate about the game the most is the interesting control con, uh, interesting control scheme. Um, yeah, it's not as intuitive and easy to use as like a typical joystick where you just point around and shoot things. No, it's not really about that. And I appreciate that they kind of thought outside the box where you kind of like move using the joystick, but you really precisely aim using the gamepad by looking around. And you have to look at both screens at the same time. And um, I remember there's this YouTuber that says like, once you get it, you really get it. And you kind of enter this like state of Zen. And I just think that's so awesome that they're still that they were able to try to innovate with the gamepad despite the the wii u being the failure that it was at that time uh, late in its life cycle and them being like you know i really believe in this and i want to put this out there so um i think there's more that they could have done with the game but um i don't think it's a bad game i think that people just really need to give it another shot um and if you don't like it that's okay. We kind of understand that too. But um, yeah, I think people should give it a second chance. Um, Ryan, what are your thoughts on Star Fox Zero? I have not played it. Um, I never picked okay. it up. Um, but I would. I'm curious, but I've never really liked Star Fox game other than the multiplayer and assault. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh boy, we're gonna have a little fight after this. <laughs> I have yet uh, to play like the Dinosaur Planet, assault, so I can't say anything about Dinosaur Planet. Okay. All right. Um, all right. Well, that was a very good pick, Josh. I actually was going to choose Star Fox Zero myself, but um, yeah, I'm glad you did. Um, so, Ryan, what is your number two pick? Circling back to the Wii Zapper, um, a lot of people hated this game, absolutely. Um, but I, I loved it. I loved the charm of it, and that is Link's crossbow training. Okay. So yeah, this this game was packaged in with the Wii Zapper, and the Wii Zapper was cool in its own right. Um, you know, having like a, a a gun like mechanic put out by Nintendo, no less. Like, what what is Nintendo doing? Like, that's crazy. Um, but it was you know, and mind you, I will say that the Wii U failed in that aspect, which they never came out with their own Zapper like they showed and demoed off. But uh, but we did get that in the Wii era. So it was really cool to be able to go and 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 point and and shoot and in a weird place like Zelda, um, Link having a crossbow I thought was one of the coolest things. Um, uh, just it was basically a gallery like shooter, like Western gallery shooter essentially, um, and like the the reloading mechanics and just um, you know taking out the enemies and stuff. You can get kind of a hint of what Link's crossbow training was like. Um, when you play the Nintendo Land uh, mini game for Zelda, um, the very plush, like it, it's not dissimilar from that. I kind of got those vibes from it. If you need something to compare it to, if you haven't played Link's Crossbow Training, um, but people just tore into it because it was so different from the Zelda formula, uh, like completely different. Uh, taking, you know, it's like taking the Zelda series into space, like randomly, like. What what are you doing? Like it was that kind of weird like juxtaposition, like a big leap of faith, and uh, it was very much a demo as well um, to show off what the Wii Zapper could do. Um, and much like many of Nintendo's accessories, it only lasted like one, two, three games maybe, and then it just faded in, in obscurity, like just you know plastic that's never going to be used again, except for nostalgia's sake, you know. So uh, like the DK bongos and things like that. <laughs> so yeah, it's just. It was a really cool demo to show what it could do and what the Wii could do. Um, but I think ultimately it kind of fell 
flat, um, but I absolutely enjoyed every bit that I played of it. And I played it over and over and over again and just dedicated a lot of time to it. And I was in a vacuum at the time. Like I didn't hear any of the negative reviews when I played it. And so I really, really enjoyed every bit. If I had heard that people were like hating on it, it might've influenced how I felt about the game, but you know, not having those negative reviews and and everything like it actually made me ex- like the experience quite a bit. Yeah, totally. I could see that for sure. Um, I have it. Uh, I have acquired it recently for, I think it was like, I think I got it for 10 bucks, including the zapper. Um, and I just looked it up on eBay. It's still very cheap if anyone's interested in this game, but um, I didn't have a problem with the direction that they were taking with the game. I just didn't think that the zapper was that much of a compelling product for me to go out and get it. Um, mm-hmm. I have one now, you know, because I got it with the game and it just doesn't feel like it's that necessary of a thing. Like I'm perfectly mm-hmm. fine just using the Wii remote as it is, but you know, it's a nice little novelty to have and, um, yeah, why why not do something like that with Zelda? You know, I think it's perfectly appropriate for that universe. Um, and I love gallery shooters like that. That is one of my favorite genres. Um, there's not too many out there, so it's really nice and refreshing to see uh, a game like this that does exist for the Wii. Um, uh, yeah. Um, Josh, any thoughts? Yeah, I, I enjoyed this one. Um, I, I think I kind of feel like you with the Wii Zapper, kind of like with a lot of Wii accessories, some of them just don't really seem necessary. They're just like pieces of plastic that you plug the controllers into. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it still worked really well for what it was. And it, it sort of had that crossbow feel, I guess. Um, and I, I I like Twilight Princess a lot. That's one of my favorite Zelda games. So I appreciated the aesthetic and stuff they went with with, went with, with that and the theming. If, if people were disappointed about this not feeling like a regular Zelda game, it's kind of their own fault. Because <laughs> this does not say it's supposed to be it's not right it's it's a side thing so anyway um yeah yeah it's it's there's not i guess there's not a whole lot to say about it but what was there was was fun i think the name left a sour note as well like Mm. crossbow training like that sounds weird like maybe the training at all for me sounds a little yeah 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 Makes it sound like a training demo. Wheels. It's a baby thing. It, right. It, it like, hey, like here's that. here's a tutorial that you have to pay for. You know. Yeah. 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 But I mean, I, I don't know. I like when they kind of like reuse assets from beloved games and it kind of gives you like a new experience in that universe. Why not? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like Josh said, if they were to put out a whole entire game based off of it, I don't think people would be overly thrilled, especially if it was a Zelda game. So I think th- something that's short and sweet and kind of arcadey, uh, like what they released, is, is perfectly appropriate. So mm-hmm. I do look forward to going back to that and, and kind of letting you know what I think about it. Um, cool. Good pick, Ryan. Um, so for my second pick, I chose a game that, again, I don't hear anyone talking anything good about it, um, but I just don't hear people talking about it at all. And some people actually do not like it at all. So this game is called Pack and Roll for the DS. <laughs> so oh, yeah. This is, yeah, it's a, uh, it's a Pac-Man game, and it's kind of hard to describe, but it's kind of like a platform adventure collectathon except your pac-man as a ball and you use the ds stylus to kind of like roll him around by like flicking him around and stuff and it takes place in like a i don't know it's kind of like a mix between 2.5d and 3d um you are able to move the camera around which i i I was replaying it today i was just like oh i didn't even know this um but i don't know it's it's hated because it's 
it's different, obviously, but I mean, like every Pac-Man game is totally different each one, each time one comes out. Um, but that just because a Pac-Man game or game in general is different from what you're expecting, that doesn't mean it's bad. And I think that's something that we're just starting to kind of come around to. Um, whereas, you know, in the early 2000s, people were just like, if it's not traditional, I don't like it, you know. Um, but yeah, the controls were a little odd because it was very different at the time the, the ds was a completely brand new experience um and it was kind of like a pseudo isometric view which some of us don't like understandably but i think it worked really well um i actually really like this game it's not going to win game of the year i mean obviously because it's in the past but it didn't really deserve to at the time is what i'm trying to say um it's very colorful it's lighthearted. um there's lots of different themed worlds which is something that i really like in my adventure games you know, like having a candy world, having a jungle world. That's something that's just fun and exciting to me. Um, and I think it's a really cool take on like a platform adventure collectathon, like rolling a ball around. Um, and while I'm on the subject of that, it controls really well. You wouldn't think that rolling Pac-Man around with the stylus would control well, especially with a platformer. It controls great. Like there, it's kind of like sticky, so you don't really feel like you're losing control of him, which I think is really necessary for this type of a game. Um, but yeah, Pac-Man. It's just he's really cute. He's an iconic character and um it's just like a silly dumb game and i love it <laughs> and it's just it's fun um so yeah that's uh that is my second pick pack and roll i feel like it was an early early ds title um like was it launch yeah. no that is um oh gosh pack picks or something like that where you draw pac-man oh, okay. but it was so that's 2005 okay. yeah okay. i think yeah. it was like a few months after it came out so like launch window okay um, so have you guys ever played Pack and Roll? No, I have not. Okay. I, I think I vaguely thing. remember like seeing it in a trailer or something. Yeah. But that's that's about it for that one really. I might have to look hmm. it up. I like usually some of the off Pac-Man games. They have some pretty fun ones. Yeah. It's just Pac-Man like, 99 you know. just got announced. So yeah, they yeah. you know, they have some good ideas. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Thank you to uh whoever shared that on our Facebook group. We appreciate that. I have to look into it. I just saw the uh the headline. So I'm really curious. I, I really like Pac-Man. Um I didn't know about this game at the time. I don't even think that I really saw it in like, you know, Nintendo Power or anything. This is a game that I found out about um a few years ago, like five or so years ago. And um, I just saw like YouTube videos about, you know, hidden gems. That, I mean, I'm guessing, I don't remember, but it had to be. And um, I'm really glad I picked it up. I think I got it for like, I don't know, three bucks. And it's great. It's very simple. Um, and there's a good amount of challenge. It's not really that frustrating. It's just a fun little dumb DS adventure game. So if that interests you, I, I really do recommend Pack and Roll. As long as you have your expectations in check. Um, so we are on to our final picks. So Josh, why don't you start us off with your last pick? All right. So this one was tough here. Um, I went with a pretty well-known one and one that I don't think everybody considers bad, but dang, I see a lot of hate for it lately. Um, I think it's one of those things that just becomes popular to hate. Um, I almost put ukulele here because that one seems popular to hate for some mm -hmm. reason. And I'd love that game. Um, almost put Donkey Kong 64 here, uh, sort of the same thing. Um, but what I landed on was Donkey Kong Country 3. Um, so it seems to be sort of, e even outside of the original trilogy, it seems to be sort of at the bottom of people's list out of the five main Donkey Kong Country games. 
Um, but I, I wouldn't quite put it there. Maybe not the highest, but I wouldn't put it at the bottom. That's probably where returns go for me. But anyhow, um, with, with three, um, I, I think one of the biggest things that people seem to hate on um, is Kitty Kong being one of the characters. And again, I, I don't think controlling him is all that bad. Um, it, he's somewhat like Donkey Kong um, in the first game where he's the heavier character. Um, so it balances out between him and Dixie. They definitely feel different. Um, he has some of his own little um, abilities, like you're able to skip across the water and things like that and uh, take out larger enemies with him. Um, but I, I thought it was a fun, goofy character that they added in, and I thought it was a good way to sort of, it, it sort of felt like going back to Donkey and Diddy in a way with the large, the bigger character and the smaller one and things like that. So I, I, it's one of those things I have trouble seeing the what's so popular to hate about that part. <laughs> Um, but also I, I really appreciated some of the differences with what they did with it. It was sort of a, a B team, so to speak from rare that actually worked on this and it wasn't quite the same team that worked on some of the others and including the composer was uh, Robin Beanland instead of David wise for this one. And I think she did a great job. I think there's a lot of really good tracks in this one. And, uh, they did a lot of things in this one that were sort of experimental. And I think most of it worked, um, there were the bosses in this are some of the best i think in the series uh the sort of target game that you get to play at like swankies i thought was cool one of the bosses kind of takes that on uh there's like a big barrel rocket thing you get to fly in near the end of the game um a lot of the levels were different like one has lightning striking down at different places you had to keep moving um there's like a saw chopping down a tree as you're running up it in a different stage. So I, I thought they did a lot of cool things in this game. Um, it was that the open world was neat. You could actually kind of freely move around it, like the map itself. And you, there were secrets to find in the map, uh, different characters and things to do there. So, yeah, I just, uh, I, I really don't get the, the dislike for this one. Um, I'm not sure exactly what it comes down to, but I, I thought this one was pretty great. I still like going back to it from time to time. I just went through it again, uh, I think in January or so. So, yeah. Yeah, I think it's on uh, Nintendo yeah, Switch Online, right? my pick. I got to take up for that. Yeah. Whenever okay. they added it to there recently, I think I just want to jump back into it. Yeah, I think it's pretty recent, and I think it's there. Um, yeah, I think it's one of those things. I don't know if the phrase is like the curse of threes or something like that, where like the, the third game in a series always gets like hated on for some reason like there's always something that people hate about it but many times like in a series that's really good um a game in that series that's not the best gets hated on and trashed and it's almost as though that game is complete garbage and that's not the case like i i personally haven't played donkey kong country 3 i have to admit but i can't imagine that donkey kong country 3 is crap because it there's like this new character or whatever um from what i understand it's still a very good game it's just a little bit different maybe it's not as good as some of the other ones and that's okay it still makes it a good game it doesn't have to be perfect all the way around um so yeah um that's a good pick josh i appreciate you adding that um have you played uh donkey kong country 3 ryan um i played like a demo station uh just a little bit and when i found out that i had to use kitty kong um i was very much against that because i did not like i did not like the heavier characters i didn't 
I tried as much as I could to be Diddy Kong in the original game, um, just because I could move a lot better and 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 faster. Um, and then it just I don't know, just the like it, the character model bothered me. Like he's like in like like a onesie with like booties on, and like I just I did not like that whole like it took me out of the experience. I think there's like this little baby that's like you're playing as and and going through this great adventure, and it just didn't. I don't know. It didn't rub me the right way. So it's just a lot of things that kind of struck struck me funny. So I just never gave it a chance. In Kitty's defense, Donkey Kong wears a tie and Diddy Kong wears a hat. So I just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> but no, I totally <laughs> At least get he it. covers very... himself. Donkey Kong's butt naked right. other than a tie. He sure <laughs> is. And sometimes we see that in games, which is a little odd. <laughs> but... um. Uh, no, I, I, I think that it, it has, uh, I'm, I'm sure it's a good game, um, and that people need to be okay. a little bit more open-minded with it. But, um, yeah, no, I, I get that, Ryan. J- Kitty Kong is a very strange looking character. Um, Dixie looks pretty cool, but yeah, Kitty's just like, I don't know, a little creepy. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, but if you can, if you can look past that or these other little things, um, I think that some people have issues with like kind of the aesthetic of the third one. I could be wrong about that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure that the gameplay is just fine. You know, they had two other games to learn from. So, um, yeah, it's free on the Nintendo Switch Online if you have a subscription. So why not give it a chance? Um, okay, uh, Ryan, what is your second pick? Okay, um, I went back and forth a lot on this one, um, and I wasn't sure if I was going to bring uh, Super Paper Mario to the table or this other game, um, because I think Super Paper Mario has the potential to come back later and re-release and people will be fond of it, um, even though at the time everybody was angry that it wasn't the RPG style. Um, I, I kind of kind of moved away from that one and went to another game that was harder to pick out, like... There are other worse games in the series, um, but no one really talked about this game. And I just don't know if people skipped it or it hit the wrong audience at the wrong time or what really it kind of fell on deaf ears. And and even then, like, arguably, it's not a great game, uh, at least a single player experience. Um, And uh, that game would be Metroid Prime Hunters. Um, So with this game. It was the experience. If you had all of the pieces of the puzzle, it was a really fun game. Um, even in single player, it was fun, even though it had you go through like the same boss fight every single time. Um, and every single stage was just a slightly harder version of this like tower that you had to take down. Um, and it was a lot of backtracking and like it was very divisive um, and very like just it stretched the gameplay out for a game that already didn't have very much to offer as far as single player experience goes. Um, but the fact that it had the rumble pack, if you had the rumble pack and were able to play with that, it felt really great. In fact, the rumble pack actually added to the sound because it made noises, um, similar to what you have in HD rumble nowadays, you can hear certain noises, but this was kind of the early, um, HD rumble. Um, and it would have varying degrees of like intensities, um, to give kind of like audible sounds, um, which was really cool. Like there was, there was some really cool cut scenes and stuff too, um, I want to say AVI or I'm trying to think what the the video that they use yeah. for that uh, really really amazing graphics for a DS a, a DS not yeah. a 3DS a DS like it was just right. beautiful and um, like there was a scene whenever you go to a new planet where uh, Samus' ship would take off and the rumble that you felt from that and the sound that it made the zoom sound was just so 
cool. Um, like th- these moments that really just shown for me in a, a lackluster single player experience. Um, you did have your kind of like mini boss fights where you fought other hunters, um, which was quite fun. In fact, that's the game's real like shining point is its multiplayer offerings. Um, to be able to go and, and be in a competitive first person shooter like game, each character, each hunter had their own special like morph ball mode. Um, they had their own special bombs, different ways that they play their own special weapons. Um, but then you could also pick up like a shared weapon or like use one of the other hunters weapons. Um, and the competitive scene was really cool. And it also supported the headset that came with the DS or that you can pick up for the DS. Um, so I, I got the whole experience. I had, I had the rumble, I had the headset on, you know, and I was able to talk with people. Like, I think it was in between matches or something like that. Like I got that kind of that early call of duty experience out of a Metroid game. And, um, and it was Nintendo Wi-Fi, you know, their the early uh, DS Wi-Fi offerings. And there weren't many games that did that um, at first. And this was one that really, really shone. And they put a lot of effort into this game for the cutscenes and everything. But sadly, I think they lost a lot of it with the story and the length of the game and um, what they could fit on the DS. But they really went for the graphics and the really good look for that. Um, and, and albeit, it does not look pretty um, other than like those cutscenes. It is not a pretty game. Um, but it is a lot of fun to play, and uh, especially like just the online experience was superb, and the music too, um, pretty good. Um, uh, the final boss was also pretty awesome, um, and uh, it was you got a really cool weapon at the end too that you could use against the final boss, and um, it was just a really well done like multiplayer experience. And I think it's weird to say that like this is a like the best multiplayer experience that Metroid has ever had. Um, as far as competitive goes, um, someone could argue that Federation Force is a really good co-op, but we don't have much else to compare it to. Uh, so, um, but yeah, it's just, it was such a good game. Like I would even say like better than the multiplayer in, in two, uh, Metroid Prime two, um, just, it was so, so fun to do. And it was, you know, it was all competitive there. You could have like teams and stuff and work with teams, I believe. Um, but I never really had anyone else to play with. Um, I just played online with people. And that was where I, I got really good at the game and uh, just like really, really played it. And I, I found that I enjoyed doing competitive games. Um, like I would I would play Trace. And if you sit still for long enough, you turn invisible. And Trace is all about sniping and headshots and things like that. And I was able to take out modders just because the headshot would count as a kill like right away. So if you happen to hit someone who's invisible or glitching around... At just the right point, you could, you know, take them out. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of cheating going on later in the game. Um, but on those early days when everybody was on the same playing field, it was a blast. Cool. Uh, great pick, Ryan. Yeah, I totally agree that this is kind of like a hidden gem that people tend to overlook. Not really a hidden gem, just like, you know, it's from a popular-ish franchise, but people tend to overlook this one, which I think is a shame because it was really ambitious at the time. Um, Josh, do you have any thoughts on Metroid Prime Hunters? Yeah, I've went back and played it some. I, I like all the other Prime games, even Prime Pinball. Um, this one's this one's at the bottom of that list. Uh, I didn't get really good to play it multiplayer. I just didn't have anybody to play that one with. Um, and I didn't really dig into it, honestly, until a couple of years after it was kind of the new thing. And I enjoyed parts of it. And I was like, I played through all the Prime games. I got to play through this one, too. And I like the idea of the different hunters and things like that. Um, and it's all right at first, but then it's like the further I got, that's like the less and less I wanted to keep going. Mm-hmm. Some of it was having to replay the same boss over and over again. That was 
just getting to be tiresome. It was like a long, drawn-out fight and sort of like an endurance run at some points where it was like, I can't avoid this one shot, but I know I can, you know, if I shoot this and keep getting health, I can slowly get through this. Um, so that was a bit of a drag. And then I've, I think I really sat down and tried to get through it twice, like for real. And I think both times I got stuck at like the same part and it was just like, I don't know what to do. And it, it was like, I think you have to go back to the planets again. Like there might be three or four planets. You have to go through them all and then you have to go back through them all again. And it's like, as soon as you have to go back through them all again, I go back to one of them and I always just get like confused and lost and all this stuff. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I I just it just loses me mm-hmm. so I haven't really made it past that point um I definitely see some cool concepts there and it's another one of those things where I'd like to see hopefully in Metroid Prime 4 when it comes out in 2037 um <laughs> that I hope they add some fun multiplayer to it and I'd like to see more of these hunters again yeah for yeah. sure yeah we're definitely um, gonna see yeah. Silex again uh, yeah Silex in definitely. several games now <laughs> Right. Mm-hmm. Very cool character design. Uh, that's probably one of my favorite things that this game introduced, all these different hunters and these crazy styles that they have. Um, and, I, you know, it wasn't made by Retro Studios. It was made by this other company with some assistance by Retro. So, you know, it's pretty bold of them to include these new characters. But, um, yeah, I think they did a really good job. Um, as I mentioned before, it's a really ambitious game. Uh, it was a game that was originally uh, a pack-in demo, I believe, for the original DS when it came came out because at the yeah yes first hunt yeah sorry um yeah there's like a demo of this game because it didn't come out yet um it was still being worked on and it's significant because at the time the psp was just on the horizon or maybe it already came out i don't remember but um it was kind of a way of nintendo saying hey we can stand toe to toe against the psp like yeah this DS isn't as capable with the graphics, but we can offer our own unique thing with games like this. And, um, you know, Metroid Prime Hunters is gorgeous. I, I think it's stunning what they were able to do, especially early on in the DS's life cycle, um, because even later on games weren't able to accomplish things like that. Um, and it's a Metroid Prime game on a handheld system. It's amazing. Um, I like that DS look, too. I, like the, the, I know there's, like, it's very pixely, but I like that. There's something charming about it. Um, and I thought it played as well as it could. It was a handheld, you know, touchscreen with a stylus Metroid Prime game. And I thought they did a really uh, remarkable job with that kind of control setup. And uh, the, the sound design was great. I think they nailed the Metroid sound. And like I said, the characters were great. Um, wireless multiplayer was like unheard of at that time, especially mm-hmm. for like Nintendo fans. And uh, something, I know this is like small, but I think it was really really interesting what they did with the user interface um like on the bottom touch screen it was just designed to make it look like it feels like this like metroid mm, like ship user interface this computer user interface that you would imagine you would be using in this like universe so i thought they really nailed that feel you know um yeah so um cool uh, that was unique to each hunter which was pretty cool um just oh you felt like if you played a different hunter, it had a different like HUD layout, and it was like custom to them, and it looked like it was like a part of them, which is yeah. cool. And then uh, I will say that like you, I played it with the the thumb button strap that came with the original DS, and uh, that was the best way to do it without the stylus instead of using your thumb to aim because it made it that first person experience like you had an analog another analog to aim with instead because wow. you had direct working with your thumb. Um, 
it, it definitely there's a lot less thumb cramping uh, from using the stylus to try to do a first person shooter, which was crazy. It, it shouldn't have worked, but it did um, if you had the right stuff. And now you can't play the game anymore. So uh, right. you can't play the online experience. It was so great. You can play like against bots, but it's nothing compared imperative at all so yeah. it's kind of lost the time really right well if anyone's interested in metroid prime hunters it's still relatively cheap for the ds um i think i got it for like 10 bucks not too long ago and uh i believe it is also on the wii u virtual console while don't it's still running it. so okay don't yeah that's it. true if you want to be a collector that. pick it up but don't don't play it on that play it on the ds Perfect. please sure sure Good point. Um, cool. Thank you for sharing that, Ryan. Very good pick. Um, so for my final pick, uh, my final pick is, uh, well, let me just say that my runner up is a game that I really, really love. And all of us have played it together. And my runner up was Metroid Prime Federation Force. Mm -hmm. um, I thoroughly, really, really love that game. But I wanted to talk about a game that I remember a little bit well. Um, I played both of these like around the same time and had really similar positive experiences. But uh, my third pick is The Legend of Zelda Triforce Heroes. So this is a, a 3DS game. This is a very multiplayer-focused Zelda game. Like, you work together. It's a co-op game. Um, there's a heavy emphasis on playing online, although you could play uh, with other people. But one big drawback for the game is that you need three people with three separate 3DS systems and three separate copies of this game. Um, and I think that was a major blow to this game because, you know, it required a lot of money. Um, it's not as accessible as like what the DS had where it had like that DS download play thing where you don't even need the game to play it. Um, but yeah, this, with this game, you have, you basically work together, you solve puzzles and dungeons and defeat all these weird monsters. Um, there's like a competitive element where like, if you see rupees, you want to go for it first, obviously. And then that stays with you in like the main like hub world or whatever. Um, and it's just, it's very silly. Uh, there's like this emphasis on these like weird outfits. So Link would wear uh, a heart outfit. And if you wear a heart outfit, you, you're, it's like more likely that you would find hearts um, in, at like when you're like cutting grass or whatever. Um, and I think there's like a water outfit where you would like swim a little bit faster or easier in water. So each outfit, like they looked ridiculous, but they had like a little extra mm, trait to it that would help you in the game, which I thought was pretty interesting. But a lot of people hated it when it came out. Um, it used a lot of assets from uh, A Link Between Worlds. So we all loved A Link Between Worlds. We thought it looked great when that game came out. But when this game came out, like, you know, a year or two later, everyone's just like, oh, it's the same. And yeah, it's the same, but it 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 looks good still. Like, you know, A Link Between Worlds looked good, so this looks good too. Um, they didn't really change too much, but I will say, like, the, the frame rate is amazing. It's very fluid. Very, very fluid game, uh, which is very impressive to me. Um, yeah, people just didn't like the silly outfits, and uh, there were, like, limited communication options, so you only had, like, I don't know, six options for things to yell out to your team uh, teammates, like, hey, or... Uh, uh, totem, like uh, climb on top of me, basically. Um, so it was kind of limited, but I actually kind of like that. Um, something that really killed the game for me, though, is that there were trolls in this game. I don't know if there's some type of subreddit or something going on, but many times I would play the game, have an awesome time, and one of the most 
enraging things I've ever experienced in gaming is that right before you would get to the end, the troll would just stand right before the finish line and just yell, ha ha, ha ha, ha ha, that prompt over and over again, which means that you don't get anything that you did for the past 20 minutes, half hour or so. So all the rubies you collected are gone. Um, and all you can do is sign off. And when you get signed, it, when you sign off, you get penalized for that because it shows that you didn't finish the game thoroughly, um, which is, you know, understandable why they had that implemented. But it was frustrating for me because it's like, you know, I played the game, but this guy's just being a jerk. So that's something that kind of killed it for me. Um, so, you know, uh, but trolls aren't there anymore because nobody's there playing this game. <laughs> the online mode is quite dead at the moment. Um, and the story itself in the game, it's very silly and funny, but it's not really a reason to go back. But, you know, I cherished my my time with this game. I loved meeting people from around the world and working together with these, like, limited communication options to, to um, you know, overcome these weird puzzles and obstacles. Um, the bosses were really, really, really clever and interesting and weird. And um, I loved the outfits and how, like, it just, you felt rewarded each time you left that dungeon and, and got the rubies that you needed for like a new outfit um there's just something about that and it's just like a fun silly nonsense experience you know and it's a zelda game so you know there's like good quality so yeah i really cherish my time with triforce heroes have you guys ever played it no i definitely skipped that one um though i am very interested in playing it um if we can get three people together in a room to play it um i wouldn't be opposed to that um, if the online still works, yeah, I'd be interested in that. Um, I wrote it off pretty quickly. I was just, there's too many games to play at the time. I, I think I just, I, and I, I heard bad things about it. Um, I, I, and why, why would I pass up a chance to see Link in a dress, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I mean, it did come out in your defense. It did come out during like a very busy time when a lot of really great games came out. And I was really skeptical about getting it because I was just like, I don't have time for this. It's not like a, I don't even like Zelda games that much hot take. <laughs> um, but uh, I mean, I do. It's just, I haven't really played too many of them. I love Ocarina of Time. I'll say that much. Um, and Wind Waker. But um uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, I was just like, you know what? If there's ever a time to play and get this game, it's right now. So I bought it on launch day because I'm like, the online is only going to be hot for like a couple months. So I might as well mm-hmm. get it now and play it. And uh, I'm really glad I did. I had a great time. Um, Josh, have you played it? No, just the. I think there was a demo for it on the 3DS. Um, this is possibly one of the only official Zelda games I have not played. Um I, I, other than like the CDI games, but I don't really count them. So, um, yeah, with this one, it was a couple of things. Um, I, I've always gotten really annoyed with, uh, now it's not so much a thing because it's just a Switch, but I always got really annoyed when Nintendo would want to put all these multiplayer focus games on their handheld instead of their home console at the time. So I was like, my home console, I have multiple controllers. I have people that can sit down and we can have a good time with it. With these handheld consoles, I don't have people that, you know, especially as an adult, not all of us have all these, you know, the 3DSs or DSs or whatever, or and your own copies of it and all that sort of thing. We're not really going to get together and sit around usually and do that. So that was always really frustrating to me because I know some games like Four Swords and Four Swords Adventures are really good. Um, but outside of that, really, with this one, some of it was the aesthetic of it. And I remember seeing like the trailer and is it a king or something? Um, yeah. I, I think in like the fashion kingdom or something like all of that. Right. Seemed, 
<laughs> and like I can handle like stupid funny. Like I can handle that, but this just seemed really lame. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to me. Yeah. And and that along with just like I, I the restrictions with I think you said there's not even download play with it. Um I heard trying to play it by yourself was just not good. Right. Um, it's not. And again, like that some of it was just the some of the goofiness they went with it just is it maybe not my kind of goofiness like the costumes and <laughs> ryan kind of joked about the dress maybe the dress is what made really turn me away from it <laughs> i don't know <laughs> but just yeah. things like that just i just couldn't that didn't feel right to me it didn't look like i don't i don't mean to sound like somebody that's like oh no it's it's not how zelda's supposed to be but this just it just didn't feel right <laughs> and again yeah. all, all that on top of the other things where i just I don't think it was going to work out for me very well. I just didn't even bother picking it up. Right. And, and you're not alone. A lot of people had those exact same thoughts. In fact, I had those same thoughts, like I kind of mentioned before. But, um, and, and I get it, you know, like, and seeing the trailer with like Lincoln address, I'm just like, what are you doing? Like, why, why this? Why now? Like, what are you trying to do with this? But, um, and, you know, I'm a very open-minded person, but it's just like, what's the point? But if you really think about the the concept behind it, like having these silly outfits, like just being goofy and having like these interesting traits attached to them and having it be like a co-op game, um, it, it's it's really fun. I really think that everyone should keep an open mind um, and play it at least. I mean, now don't get it if you think you're just going to be playing it by yourself um, unless you think you might be into that. Um, if you have three other I'm sorry. If you have three people, including yourself, who you think might get a kick out of it, I really do recommend it. The online works perfectly fine, and it's a really great experience with friends. Um, uh, whether or not you want to like call each other on the phone, like kind of stay on the line while you're playing, or if you want to kind of limit yourself with the options that they give you, um, it's it's very different. It's a great, great Zelda experience. I promise you. If you work together, the puzzles and dungeons are really clever. Um, the bosses, especially, were very interesting, and. Um, one thing I'll just uh, end with is that, you know, Fort Swords Adventures is an awesome game, but it kind of focused on like puzzles that were more horizontal. Whereas with this game, because it's on a 3DS, a 3D system, focus on like this vertical aspect. And I thought that was really interesting. Um, so, yeah, please don't sleep on Triforce Heroes if you think it might be your cup of tea. But um, I just uh, I guess that wraps up our picks. Um, but I wanted to thank everyone. I know this is definitely a long episode. So, uh, first of all, thank you, Ryan and josh for sticking with me but uh thank you to our listeners for for listening i hope you really enjoyed this episode we had a really great time making it and kind of discussing our lists with each other if you like today's episode we would really appreciate it if you left us a review in whatever podcast service you are listening to us um ryan would you mind doing our due diligence if you want to listen to us over at uh, apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, you can also find us on uh, amazon Podcasts, spotify and uh, Pandora Podcasts. Um, you can also find us on our YouTube. Uh, you can also look us up on Facebook at Nintendo NOS, on our Twitter at Nintendo underscore NOS. You can find us on our Instagram at Nintendo NOS IN. Uh, shoot us an email, NintendoNostalgiaIN at gmail.com. Uh, you can always give us a call on our Nostalgia Hotline, share your memories, and show us some love at 317 969 5690. Guys, that brings us to the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you next week. Later, Preston. Bye-bye.
Uh, to all of our listeners, if you enjoyed our episode tonight, we would really appreciate it if you left us left. Uh, you know what? Screw it. Screw it. <laughs> <laughs>